This morning I've entitled the message Profound Respect as the Catalyst for Profound Love. The, uh, the street message title, though, is Aretha Was Right. Do you remember? Do you know, Aretha Franklin is known most prominently for, I, I would argue, for her song, Respect. You know, remember that song? Otis Redding actually wrote it. Did you know that? And Otis Redding actually recorded it first, I think in 65. Then Aretha covered it. Otis Redding's sister played piano on Aretha Franklin's cover of the Otis Redding song. So that song was originally written actually from a man's perspective, not a woman's perspective. But we love that song, that song called Respect. And you can all sing it, right? Everybody knows the mother of souls, most dominant song. In fact, stand up for a second. Humor me. Don't leave me hanging. We have no musical backup on this. But you know the song, right? We've got the lyrics of the song. Put them on up. Put them up. You know, Aretha's song, she was right. What you want. Come on, right? Baby, I got it. Yeah? What you need. You know I got it. All I'm asking is for a little reason. And then what goes on in the background? Sock it to me, sock it to me, sock it to me, sock it to me, sock it Uh-huh. When I come, right? Do not even give yourselves applause for that <laughs> terrible weekend. She would be embarrassed by that. <laughs> when I get home, I just want a little respect. All right, go ahead and sit down. <laughs> you all understand, right? These are videoed, and then they're put up on the website, and you really left me hanging right by the neck right there. <laughs> and, and all my friends in the covenant that watch our messages will look at that one and say, yes, Art, how white you are. You are definitely very, 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 very white. But Aretha was right in this sense. And, and, and the message of A Knight's Tale in that scene is right in this sense. There is a connection between love and respect, between being loved by someone and being deeply respected by them. There's a connection between those two concepts. And sometimes we undervalue the correlation between the intensity of romantic love and the likelihood that it will grow and the level of respect we have for love's intended objects. We undervalue that connection sometimes. Let me, let me illustrate. I have a confession. Sometimes uh, my wife doesn't realize, uh, this will, when she comes to the second gathering, this will be the first time she hears this. <laughs> I sometimes sneak over to Marin General Hospital where she works and take the elevator up to the fourth floor where the moms and babies unit is and walk over and push that button to open up. And there's this long hallway down there. And the nurse's station is about halfway or more down. I sometimes sneak to Marin General, park, go upstairs, go to the fourth floor, open the doors, don't go in and tell her I'm there, and just look down the hallway and watch her. And I watch her going from room to room and carrying babies and going crazy. And, and when I do that, I've done that a couple times, I feel, feel strong love. And I catch myself thinking things like, 
Now that woman and I, we've been through some stuff together. I wake up, I've told you this before, she knows this. I wake up just so I can prove that I'm not the only one who snores, but I wake up. <laughs> I do, I wake up sometimes. I don't sleep that well. She sleeps well. And I just put my head on my elbow and I look at her. And I think, man, we, we've been through some battles together. You've been faithful to me. You're an amazing person. I think these thoughts. And I feel this strong, strong, romantic love connected with the deep respect. You know what that is? It's love based on respect for someone whose character warrants it. A respect that draws an intensified love out of me or at least gives birth to it or is catalytic for it. That's me being in love and staying in love and in fact growing in romantic love with someone who had the inner strength to lose for me when that's what was called for. To do her worst for me. To lay her own need for recognition and the establishment or celebration of her victories aside when she saw that's what I needed. And, and I tell you straight, I'll never recover from the depth of passion, romantic passion, I feel in response to the level of respect I have for that person. There's a correlation. I don't fully understand it. I don't even begin to understand it. Between the idea of character and respect for a person and the experience of romantic love, especially in a marriage. Now, don't get me wrong. I still think my wife is pretty. At, at almost 58 years old, I think she's beautiful. The depth of my love for her, however, is based not on her physical beauty, although I think it's substantial, but on the fact that she has stood faithfully next to me in so many battles over the last 35 years Listen now, sometimes even when we were battling each other, what I've seen that person stand up to, stand up for, stand up against, has made my heart swell because of what's in her. I love her, I realize, because I respect her. And I respect her because of what I've discovered to be housed inside of her. I, I, uh, this is one of the little Greco-isms that the, part of the lecture that we gave or I gave to our kids as they were growing up, especially my daughter, but not only my daughter. I said to her before she was married, I don't know what people fall in love with. People fall in love uh, for all sorts of reasons. I don't know what you fall in love with, but I do know what people stay in love with. They stay in love with character. So I would always tell Becca, whatever you do, marry character. She did, by the way. She married tremendous character. And she married a character, but that's for another time. <laughs> I have profound respect for my wife. Aretha was right. 
And therefore I have profound chill in the cheeks, lose my breath, can't stand to be apart, love for my wife. There's a connection between the way we love someone and our level of respect for that person. Does that make sense to you, whether you've experienced it or not? Does it make intellectual, logical sense? If you're surprised by that, shouldn't be. Because the Bible implies that same connection all over the place. Love is often, as we read scriptural references, often attached to the character of a person or the respect that we have because of that character that we've seen. Romantic love or love in general is often connected. Those two concepts are actually inseparable in Scripture. Let's look at just a couple of examples. And that's really all I hope to do this morning, to make that point to invite you to consider that in your own marital relationship and then see how Scripture so dominantly presents it. Let's look first at 1 Corinthians 13 because here's the first argument I'm going to make for that connection. The Bible's love chapter, that's 1 Corinthians 13, it's called the love chapter casually, is also the Bible's character chapter. Love and character, love and respect are connected. Every mark of love presented in this chapter, and we're going to stand and read it together in just a second, is a character trait that makes a person worthy of respect and love. I'm going to list them, but first let's read the chapter. Would you stand together for the reading of God's Word? 1 Corinthians 13. I want to read the whole chapter. It says, If I speak in human or angelic tongues but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. In other words, if I present the best intellectual argument in the world, but there's no love in me, or it doesn't sound like love, it's a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. And then listen to these traits, because the Bible's love chapter is also the Bible's character chapter. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it's not proud, does not dishonor others, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there's knowledge, it will pass away. We know in part, we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me, for now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then, when that which is complete comes, we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. 
May God add his blessing to his holy word, his fully inspired message to us. Go ahead and be seated. The Bible's love chapter is also its character chapter. There is a correlation between respect for a person and love for a person, even romantic love for a person, even marital love for a person. All of these traits of love are really marks of excellent character, aren't they? I mean, stop me when you hear something that wouldn't promote respect in a spouse or a potential spouse. As I work through again, these traits that are identified or attached to love. Patience, kindness, contentment, does not envy. Emotional security, does not have to boast, has nothing to prove. Humility, or is not proud. A sense of benevolent compassion uh, does not dishonor others, does not seek its own, promote itself by putting down others. There's this confident sense of benevolent compassion toward others. Generosity in every way, financial and otherwise. Not easily angered. In other words, calm under pressure. Stable. Committed to mercy. The text says, uh, love is forgiving. It keeps no record of wrong. Mercy. Pure-hearted. text says that love hates evil. It's grieved by evil, prefers truth. Love, and a person who loves, is a protector. In other words, this is a person who's willing to receive a noble wound for the object of love. This is someone who's willing to risk someone who loves. Character trait, trusts. And finally, someone positive and faithful, someone who hopes. This is the Bible's love chapter. And in describing what love looks like, it offers a list of traits that invite us into the deepest levels of respect where we define those traits in a person. Why? Because God understands what Aretha sang. There's a connection between our ability to love, in this case a spouse, and the level of respect we have for, in this case, a spouse. The Bible's love chapter is also its character chapter. Should be no chapter, should be no surprise to us. Second argument, and this will be the final one. It comes from the Old Testament, the book of Ruth. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Ben and Katie, our pastor to youth, uh, and, and children overseeing those ministries. And his wife, Katie, stood up here and they said, uh, and it was a great message. They said, we don't really want a biblical marriage. Remember that? And that, because they said, because so many biblical marriages aren't so biblical. I mean, they're marriages of the Bible, but they're not marriages by the Bible, you know. <laughs> but there are a couple of marriages in Scripture that are profound and healthy and encouraging. The, the Bible's best marriages although there are many that show uh, dysfunction that we don't want to repeat. But the second reason we shouldn't be surprised that character or respect and love are linked in Scripture is that the Bible's best marriages have respect as their foundation. It's the foundation of their love. 
Now, I don't, I'm not talking about, I'll respect you, there I won't, therefore I won't park my car on your side of the garage. I'll respect your turf or your territory. That's part of it. But I mean, I'm talking about, there, when I look at you, and I see our history together, there's something in me that, whoa, that's attractive to me. That's the kind of respect we're talking about. And in the Bible's best marriages, respect is their foundation. I want to point to Ruth and Boaz. Now, there's a lot going on that's uh, uh, historically dependent in understanding everything that happens with Ruth and Boaz. But the story in a nutshell is this. Ruth and her mother-in-law, Naomi, move to Naomi's homeland. Naomi's son has died. Ruth commits to following her mother-in-law, Naomi, taking on her culture, taking on her worship, loyalty to her mother-in-law. It's almost immeasurable. And while she's there and they're struggling in that foreign land, two women unconnected, disconnected, there's all sorts, there's instruction from Naomi, go and lay in this field, do this, do that. You can glean from the fields. There's a lot going on there that's historically dependent for understanding. But the short of it is this. Now, Ruth catches the eye of her kinsman, Boaz. And they end up getting married, falling in love and being married. I have this question. What is it that Scripture presents as that thing about which Boaz was initially impressed. What did he see that caused him to say, Woo, wow, hmm. It's found in verse 11 of Ruth chapter 2. She bows down with her face to the ground as she sees Boaz. Now we're jumping into the middle of the story here, but trust me on it. And she asks him in verse 10 of Ruth chapter 2, Why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? And listen to Boaz's response. Boaz replied, I've been told about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. Do you smell character sneaking up on this story? Do you hear Ruth, or Boaz starting to say, heard about who you really are inside, what you were willing to lay aside, and I'm impressed. I heard about how you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel under whose wings you have come to take refuge. I'm arguing that Ruth, no doubt, was a beautiful woman, but what Boaz fell in love with was her character. The catalyst for his love certainly had something to do with uh, family obligations and the, and the family connection they had, but what really, what really drove him was that he saw a woman he respected, and he lost his breath. The best marriages in Scripture have respect as their foundation. There's a connection between our level of respect 
and our ability or our level of love. Which begs all sorts of questions for our marriages, for our future marriages, even for our single relationships. The Bible's love chapter is also the Bible's character chapter. Isn't that interesting? There aren't very many super healthy marital relationships in Scripture that you would want to emulate from start to finish. There are pieces. But but in one of those that you would love to emulate, respect is the foundation of the love. Just food for thought. I ask permission to share this with you, and I share it in closing. Uh, some of you have been getting updates from Kim and from Kim uh, Douse Edwards. She and Kevin dealing with some hardship in their family right now over the health of one of their children. And I'm getting those updates, and I was reading the latest one, and Kim was catching us up on their battle, their new battle with juvenile diabetes and one of their sons and uh, some of the challenges they're facing. <clears throat> but at the very end of this update, in the midst of all this turmoil that no doubt is in their household with the new challenge that they have before them. She wrote a brief paragraph that seemed almost out of context about her husband. And I asked her if I could share it today. I said, I pro- if I promise to do it anonymously, can I share that? She said, no need to be anonymous. We have nothing to hide. Listen to this. One last note, I'm quoting her letter now. One last note to encourage you. I have always known I chose a good husband. But at times like these, I am in awe of the character of the man God brought into my life. Kevin is an unbelievable man of God. And he strengthens me and his family. I hope you're hearing some of those things in 1 Corinthians 13. Protector. He blesses me and so many who have the privilege of being around him. Thank you for praying for him and for us. We love you and are so filled with gratitude. Do you you hear what Kim is saying there? I'm in love with a knight who has enough internal strength to sit atop of his horse and in a public context of strength, purposefully do and purposely do his worst in order to win my heart. Kim is saying, my spouse is my hero. I respect him so much that I'm in awe of him and ever so deeply in love with him. My spiritual director, Father Tom, just last week when we were meeting, said, something that stood out to me. He said, he said this, pain and struggle can actually consummate a union. And I believe I know why. It's because pain and struggle reveal character. They don't create character, they reveal character. And character attracts respect. And respect is the catalyst for mature love. 
do you respect your spouse? Does your spouse respect the person you are inside? If not, maybe some work needs to be done there on the person we are becoming inside and on the inside of the person who God's called us to live with and love. Aretha was right, folks. She was dead on. There's a connection between respect and love. We're going to give you a chance to just pray about that a little bit. Think about that a little bit. We like here at Marin Covenant when we gather for worship to have time of reflection. Sometimes it's silent. Uh, sometimes there's some music behind it. This is a chance for you just to say, hmm, uh, be quiet and listen to God. Listen to God saying, oh, you guys really have that right. I'm so happy with your marriage because you work on that. Or listen to God say, hey, let's take a journey together and think through the connection between spousal respect and spousal love. Um, it may be God saying, I, it would be good if there was a little more grace while your spouse kind of caught up to things or whatever the message might be uh, for you, for your marriage, for your future marriage, and for your relationships.